said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. Well, yesterday they had uh, an oversight hearing, one of the first juicy ones, and they had the uh, the executives from Twitter over there, uh, the former Twitter execs, including the Jaja Gade, that's a woman, um, and Yo Roth. He was the star of the Twitter social lists. Uh, his lover, the pudgy bearded guy, was sitting right to his back left, um, <laughs> were lined up like children today and publicly ridiculed for their abhorrent behavior of censorship, lying, and abuse of power. So that was yesterday, of course. So it was Roth and uh, and then there was the FBI guy. I don't think they asked him enough questions. The FBI guy, uh, Jim Baker, James Baker, um, who's the lawyer. And this Baker guy has just been after Trump uh, since the beginning. He was part of the Crossfire Hurricane. He was one of the litigators there. He gets picked up uh, to work for Twitter. And it's sort of like, you know, this kind of ban. We need to ban that. We need to ban FBI agents getting golden parachutes at social media outlets, especially since they're libtarded, libtards. You know, the FBI, the CIA can't be trusted for anything. Forget about their oath. Forget about anything. Never, ever trust the FBI or the CIA, ever. They're just a bunch of scumbags. And they lie all the time. You can't trust them. You can't trust the Department of Justice or the FBI or the CIA. You can't even trust the Pentagon at this point. They're lying through their teeth about the balloon. And they're lying about so many things. They're lying about Ukraine. They lied about Afghanistan. 
And yet all these people, they retire and they go off to Raytheon and they go off to Lockheed Martin and they go off to all these other companies I don't even know about. And they get these cushy jobs on these boards getting paid fabulous money as part of their retirement package so that the perpetual cycle of war that kills people And it's so sad because these same people, you know, who claim that they care so much about people that they're willing to get together and, you know, to listen to John Curry uh, speak at the World Economic Forum, for example. It's just a, a few men are changing the world to save lives. That's how we're built. That's our DNA. It's absolutely absurd. How many people are going to die as a result of the food shortages that they're causing? How many people are going to die from the weather manipulation or the power outages or the internet shortages? You know, in Italy, they just had a power, a sweeping internet outage. And I guarantee you that was a test run. I guarantee it. Just like the 201 event was a test run for a pandemic that made so many uh, elites fabulously rich. You know, it's one thing, it's one thing to, you know, have a real pandemic and everybody gets together. But what we're learning, what we're learning is that these evil monsters are going after us in so many ways that we can't even keep, keep it straight anymore. They lie to us about everything. Take a listen to these these clips here. Okay, so this is a globalist advocate population reduction. They predicted a pandemic, planned their 201 event. Then along came COVID and they made billions of dollars in vaccines. They pushed climate hoaxes to to sell electric vehicles, solar panels and, and windmills in the name of climate. And along came Harp, H A A R P. So they can control the weather, is what they're saying. This here is a excerpt from the 1995 interview um, in the wake of uh, in the wake uh, in the wake of the uh, Kansas City uh, bombing. And it says here, right here, it says, geoengineering technology is documented to have existed, uh, documented documented to have existed, and been in use for at least 75 years. This hearing was the beginning of a coordinated and continuous effort to vilify and discredit American patriots. And it goes on to say, that uh, right here. We're going to watch this now. We're going to uh, listen to the audio. Let's take a listen. Well, the Associated Press uh, that the American government has created weather tampering. All right, so this goes like this. In the wake of the, 90, uh, the 1995 Oklahoma City, uh, it was not Kansas City, it was Oklahoma City bombing, the Senate Judiciary Committee held a hearing to examine the militia movement and determine whether they posed a threat to public safety. Okay. 
And because it's, it's, uh, the way it, 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 it's embedded in the video here. Uh, bombing suspect Timothy McVeigh allegedly had ties to the Michigan militia. All right. So they go on with this. Now we're going to basically listen to the entire audio. And you're going to find this to be a little bit interesting. Well, the Associated Press uh, that the American government has created weather tampering techniques so that the new world order will be able to starve millions of Americans and to control the rest. Would you explain what you were trying to say? Well, it, it, what I was trying to say is exactly what I said. There is weather control techniques. We have a complete package on that, which I did not bring, but I certainly will see to it that it is brought in for the record. Number one, the entire patents on the equipment. Number two, Senator Claiborne Pell's complete statement and story of his own that not only does it exist, but that we even utilize it as far back as the Vietnam War. You might want to touch base That's with right, Senator but Pell. I, I just want to repeat Speaking. before so, I turn to So yes, yes so but we do have all that information. The, you're saying the government has created weather tampering techniques so that the quote, new world order will be able to starve millions of Americans and to control the rest. Yes, sir. And that's my belief. All right. So <laughs> think about that for a second. You just heard what he just said, right? This was in 1995. This was a Judiciary Committee hearing. <clears throat> I think it was a House or, House or Senate. I'm not sure. I th- no, it was Senate because that was Senator Robert Cole. So this was in 1995. The U.S. Senate has a hearing, and they have this scientist saying this. That they're, they're perfecting weather manipulation. I always thought that when that hurricane was going toward Mar-a-Lago, and it took a sharp right turn, I always thought that that was manipulated. They're also talking about this from the perspective of the big earthquake that happened in Syria and Turkey just the other day, where tens of thousands of people have lost their lives. And there's some interesting rings going on above uh, through sonar. And I saw I saw it. It just wouldn't it would not translate well over but over the audio airways. It's more visual. But what I did was I, uh, I, I posted it in my Twitter feed. But what's interesting about it is we know that they exploited pandemics. We know that they did that. We know that they did that. Listen to this. We know that they said no to ivermectin. Let's take a listen to this doctor here. Ivermectin, an off-label cancer drug. Actually, ivermectin is about a 62-year-old drug. It actually got a Nobel Prize because of the unusual things that ivermectin does, and it blocks eight pathways to cancer. So it is one of our repurposed drugs that we use in cancer patients. All right, a single dose of ivermectin can cure C-19, COVID-19, within 48 hours. It's FDA-approved and has been on the market since the 1970s. Who, On the WHO list of essential medicines, uh, WHO, World Health Organization, it's one of the safest drugs in the market with minimal side effects, and it's affordable, very affordable, like pennies, cost pennies, also cures cancer. And they don't want that to see the light of day. Why is that? Why? Because of the profit. 
profiteering. And the money that they used went toward globalist projects like carbon footprints and social credit scores and vaccine passports and and vaccine uh, profits, pharmaceutical profits. We heard yesterday uh, where the guy from Moderna said, we're going to make a billion dollars next year. We know what Pfizer has done. And we know how um, it's trending. Uh, died suddenly is trending all over the place, right? People are dying suddenly. And and here, in the you know, this was a, an expose in Australia where they found out for certain that in the beginning when there were these actors, it says, why would someone hire paid COVID actors during a deadly pandemic? Well, who does that? Let's take a listen. And this is for them. This had a really huge impact on your family. You, you're not able to look after your kids at the moment. I haven't been working. Like, I'm a single mom. It's not easy. Hello, I'm Paul Barry. Welcome to Media Watch. And that was single mum Ramona, one of 700 COVID patients hospitalised in Australia at the end of last month, who, along with two others in Sydney's Concord Hospital, was keen to warn people of the dangers of COVID by sharing heartbreaking stories about their illness from their hospital beds. So please get vaccinated. We shall get it beforehand. Shortness in breath, something attacking the, the lungs. It was, it was harsh. Footage of those patients, identified only by their first names, was recorded by Dr Lucy Morgan and released by New South Wales Health and made it onto all the major networks, including ABC News, 10 News First and 7 News. But soon, people on social media were wondering if the New South Wales Health video was actually a fake. And among the sceptics was former One Nation Senator Rod Cullerton, whose post received thousands of likes and another former senator, David Lionhelm. And one intrepid TikToker who went digging was able to reveal... I found all three actors. Now, how can this be coincidental? Yes, all three, including Ramona, were supposedly paid crisis actors who did not have COVID at all. And another internet sleuth then set out to prove it, ringing Concord Hospital to show that Ramona Khoury was not a patient there. Hello, is this Concord Hospital? Um, hi, it's John Curry. I'm just uh, looking for my wife. Uh, Ramona Curry. I anyone with that surname. Well, bingo. That video, which TikTok only removed today, had nearly 800,000 views. So, you know, the same... These, these come, this is all coming from the left, who just lies and makes stuff up all the time. And you got to wonder what's going on here because um, Joe Biden lied all through his State of the Union speech, right? We know that. How about Jesse Smollett? Remember he lied trying to stir up and suggest that all Trump supporters were white supremacists in the name of political power? And the mainstream media, they got to be either the dumbest people on the planet or they just are part of the actor's crisis as well because they keep falling for all, all of these things. And the Democrats, too. And they play on this victim. Everybody's a racist. Everybody's a victim. Everybody needs reparations. Everybody needs a social government handout. And that's what it's all about. It's all connect, interconnected. 
one feeds the other. It's all this pay-to-play stuff. And we got to get this out. If we're going to end corruption in Washington, what we have to do is we have to prevent people from the Pentagon and people from the FBI and people from the CIA from getting jobs on boards that do any business whatsoever with the government. They can get a job as landscaping, and they can mow your lawn, okay? But they cannot and they should not be able to get contracts with the government or be associated in any way with espionage or mercenary groups or black market trade where the government's somehow involved. They should not be allowed to be in geopolitical spaces. There's got to be some sort of a non-compete agreement to go with that. So here we had uh, several instances where, oh, so here's Joe Biden's famous lie. Okay, so let's take a listen to this one. All right, so the big talk in the wake of the State of the Union address is Joe Biden and Joe Biden um, talking about Social Security and Medicare. Let's take a look at Joe Biden, once upon a time, a flashback. The only person who called for cuts to Social Security and Medicare was Joe Biden. I, when I argued that we should freeze federal spending, I meant Social Security as well. I meant Medicare and Medicaid. I meant veterans. I meant every single solitary thing in the government. And I not only tried it once, I tried it twice, I tried it a third time, and I tried it a fourth time. Yeah, of course, Joe Biden lied. Even Byron Donalds, um, well, not even, because Byron Donalds it speaks the truth to power all the time. But uh, here, here we go, Byron Donalds. The only person saying that we're talking about Social Security cuts is Joe Biden. He's been lying to the American people. No, no, no Republican on the Hill has said, hey, for debt ceiling, we're going to look at Social Security and Medicare. It is not true. I'm one of the most vocal members of our conference. I am telling you, not true. Not true. And then here is Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene explaining why she called Joe Biden the liar at the State of the Union address. Yelling at people, um, yelling. Mm-hmm. I just got back to my office after listening to the State of the Union with Joe Biden. And part of the time we couldn't really understand what he was saying as he was yelling at people, um, yelling through the applause and mumbling through his words. Some of the things that we did here didn't make any sense. Joe Biden claimed to care about the border and talked about fentanyl deaths, which is the number one cause of young people ages 18 to 45, but yet has no plan to secure the border. And frankly, we all know he doesn't care about the border because Joe wants the border wide open. That's the whole problem with Joe. We also heard him talk about McDonald's non-compete fees. Well, I got to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, I don't hear anybody at home worrying about these terrible fights between different um, fast food companies. Joe Biden did talk a lot about communism, though, and controlling private companies. And I think that's something that should concern every single American and every single business owner. I will tell you one thing Joe Biden did lie about. He didn't know what he was talking about a lot of the time, but he did, frankly, lie. Talking about Republicans and Social Security and Medicare. We have not talked about cutting Social Security and Medicare. Joe Biden has been claiming that we're going to cut Social Security and Medicare. But we're not. So we called him out on the House floor. 
I called him a liar because that's what Joe Biden is. Either he doesn't know what he's talking about or he's just flat out lying. The one thing he did not talk about was the one thing he should have talked about. He should have apologized to America for the Chinese spy balloon that he allowed to traverse across our country, spy on our military bases, spy on our food factories, spy on our cities, spy on our entire country. They knew about it on January 28th, still allowed it to enter our airspace, spy on our country, and never did a damn thing about it until it left our country on February 4th. Joe Biden is weak. Joe Biden can't stand up to China. Joe Biden cannot protect our country. He can't protect our borders. And Joe Biden doesn't know anything he's talking about. That's the state of our union. Right. And uh, here's another uh, clip uh, from Joe Biden. And uh, Joe Biden, uh, well, you know what? This one, it, it's two more minutes, and I don't want to take that much time. It's an exchange between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. It's kind of interesting. If you want to listen to it, it's up on my uh, Twitter feed. You you could always find me on Twitter at um, twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show. And just give me a follow there. Um, I'm at Scott Adams Show. And uh, so that's uh, that's where that is. All right. We're going to get... Um, that's a little bit of the State of the Union, you know, um, that we, were, we, we experienced the other day. Um, but uh, also, um, I wanted to address the lies, uh, particularly related to the um, – there was one other clip I wanted to play re- related to that. Um, and let's see if I could find it. Oh, right here. Yeah, this one. Okay. Here's Biden in 2018 – saying that Paul Ryan was correct. Let's take a listen. Paul Ryan was correct. When he did the tax code, what's the first thing he decided we had to go after? Social Security and Medicare. Now, we need to do something about Social Security and Medicare. That's the only way you can find room to pay for it. Do we need a pro-growth progressive tax code that treats workers as job creators as well, not just investors? that gets rid of unprotective loopholes like stepped-up basis. And it raises enough revenue to make sure that the Social Security and Medicare can stay, still needs adjustments, but can stay. Paul Ryan... That is one scary dude. That's all all I can say. That's all I could say about that. You know, his numbers are really low. Um, Let's see. President Biden's job performance on... This was dated January 30th. So this is um, however old that is. Um, and uh, so it, it, it's, it's about, yeah, almost two weeks old. Um, but this is the most current poll from Fox News poll. Fox News poll. Inflation, and they're usually, <laughs> they, they slant left the Fox News poll. Um, inflation, 31% approval. Immigration, 35% approval. Border security, 35% approval. Economy, 37% approval. Russia, Ukraine, I think that's where he he lags the worst. 45% approval. He thinks somehow that's going to be a winning ticket for him. That's going to blow up in his face too. And you know what? The worst of the inflation, the worst of the recession hasn't even kicked in yet. There are corporations, I mean, 
all kinds of corporations now that are laying off in droves, major league layoffs across the country in the tech sector. So you got that to deal with. All right, so we're going to pivot now. and We're going to get to uh, the committee hearing yesterday that was just a lot of fireworks. And this piece I'm going to play for you is from Fox and Friends this morning. And I got to tell you, this was um, this really does sort of um, frame it, frame it. Okay, this frames it really well, and I want you all to pay attention because what this is about is the left, the liberals, are trying to say that this is a waste of time. Number one, and number two, they're trying to say that they only banned the Hunter laptop story from the New York Post during a 2020 election cycle. For one day. But that's not the truth. That's a lie. It it was for two weeks. And it was a critical two weeks. And not only that, but that's just Twitter. Believe you me, I got banned on Facebook every other day. Uh, Well, I got banned for Facebook for 90 days during every election cycle that I can remember. Or like lowered in the um, threshold. But Facebook was worse than Twitter. So the FBI was chief among us manipulating elections in 2020, just like they did with Comey and Crossfire Hurricane in 2016. It's time to dismantle the FBI and treat the FBI like the enemy of the state that they are. Well, let's play this. Uh, This is Joel Roth basically downplaying and then you're going to listen to Congressman Fallon who I thought uh, made a really good point about the fact that uh, over 99% of Twitter employees vote Democrat and yet they say they're not biased. I've been clear that in my judgment at the time Twitter should not have taken action to block the New York Post's reporting and just 24 hours after doing so The company acknowledged its error. Twitter changed its policy within 24 hours and admitted its initial action was wrong. In hindsight, Twitter should have reinstated the post account immediately. Now, see, here's the thing about that. Um, What these people are, are coming off like among the left are martyrs. Sort of like during the McCarthy era and you were a communist in Hollywood and you would say, I denounce communism. And everybody's like, he's just saying that to... You know, there's a movie, Guilty by Suspicion, with Robert De Niro that addresses this whole thing, and it makes a martyr out of the Democrats. It's like, all we really want to do is help everybody get along and and stop poverty. Of course, it has the exact opposite result, number one. Number two, it's not altruistic. It's domineer. It's tyrannical. But they don't ever sell sell the brochure version of communism. And they try to act like they have good hearts. Meanwhile, you're eating bugs and you're taking the subway to work and they're taking private jets and eating steaks. Just like, you know, we see on display at Davos or World Economic Forum. So the point that I'm making is all these little poor souls, you know, they were soldiers on the front line uh, taking one for the team. And now they're going through all this, uh, you know, toughness. 
on display. They're courageous, and they're going to be rewarded in some way because we know, you know, they're they're basically like we know that you're you're just saying that you uh, did the wrong thing when you know you did the right thing. And uh, this is the part of it I hate. This is the unspoken truth. So should Facebook and all the others. Texas Congressman Pat Fallon pressing those ex-employees, to ju- and he joins us now. Congressman, so they admitted they're wrong, and they said you guys were overreacting for a story that would only delay the post, uh, the post uh, story 24 hours. That is not the case, but that's how the Democrats were playing it. Yeah, and that's not true at all. I mean, they, the New York Post was locked out of their account, Brian, for two weeks. And, and there's, a, there's serious evidence that shows that the FBI and Twitter were, were colluding and conspiring, which is a, a gross violation of federal law uh, vis-a-vis the Hatch Act. And that's why we needed to get them under oath and on the record. So here's your, your effort to try to do that yesterday. Mr. Roth, to the best of your knowledge, what percentage of your colleagues when you worked at Twitter donated Democratic causes or candidates in 2020? I don't know, sir. Uh, we have it here. It was 98.4%. Believe it or not, those numbers actually went up in the 2022 cycle to 99.7%. Did you receive 10 confidential documents from Special Agent of the FBI, Elvis Chan, the night before the Hunter Biden laptop story ran? Yes. So the laptop is one side of the story, Pat, Congressman. But the other side of the story is what the FBI did leading up to and after. The FBI was constantly on the phone with Twitter saying, take down this account. What about this account? This is Russian disinformation. What do you Mm -hmm. think? And Twitter would come back and say, no, this wasn't. But they actually got $3 million. And as Matt Taibbi said, they were remarkably underpaid by how much the FBI was on top of Twitter to do what they probably had a proclivity to do anyway. Well, yeah, the FBI was, again, they should be playing no role whatsoever in, in this. And they kept using a dodge by saying, well, we're trying to fight foreign interference in the election cycle, when ironically, they were the ones that were interfering with the election cycle. I mean, the Hunter Biden laptop story and the evidence that was in there, the, the, the Media Research Center ran a poll and said and 17% of Democrats, of Democrats in key swing states would have changed their vote. President Trump needed 100,000 people, that uh, 100,000 vote swing. That's a potential of 3.2 million uh, uh, person swing. And they, Twitter changed and altered the 2020 election. So what was the goal yesterday and where do you go from here? See, we're going to go where the evidence leads us. The goal was to get the Twitter executives under oath and on the record. And there are, there's a multitude of different ways we can go now because, of course, we have the Twitter files and the folks that put them together. And I think that we should be asking them things as well because what they were saying yesterday was very thin and it didn't add up. And if you purge yourself under oath, that's a crime. And that's where you can see here them taking that oath. And so this is just the beginning. We need to know if the president of the United States is compromised and if he and his family are threats to national security. So the FBI came back and said this. The FBI rejects the characterization of inappropriate relationship with Twitter or any other social media company. The FBI does not instruct or direct any social media company to censor an account or remove information. But as Jonathan Turley will tell you, I think today, when the FBI calls over and says, what about this, what about this, what about this? They basically are saying, you know what to do. Uh, do the right thing. They were constantly in contact. Mm-hmm. And it really flies in the face of what they're proclaiming to happen. Yeah, they're meddling with 
the, the American political uh, process. And that, again, is something that is forbidden for federal employees to do, particularly on the taxpayer dime. All right. And will, will, will whistle, FBI whistleblowers be coming forward? I, I believe that uh, you'll be very interested to see what's going to unfold in the next weeks and months, Brian. All right. Well, well there it is. And that's going to be the next thing, shoe to drop is the FBI whistleblowers. It's going to be a death blow to the uh, FBI. This Yo Roth guy, uh, leave it to Trump, May 28th, 2020, was calling on this. Trump calls out Yo Roth. Trump was right about Roth, and he was uh, right about what would happen with mail-in voting. And they use COVID to do it, just like they use weather to starve people, just like they're taking over your farmlands, just like they're inf- uh, infecting your fertilizer. Um, they're, they're setting fertilizer plants uh, 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 ablaze. They're um, poisoning uh, chick- chicken feed to not produce eggs. Why? Well, it turns out egg yolks, yolks uh combat against COVID. So we can't have that because there's no money to be made if yolks is the solution to COVID, right? You know, this was a man-made drug. And by the way, when do we start exporting our genocide to China? Because I guarantee you that somehow along the way, that balloon, whether it was electromagnetic pulse research or whether it was uh, checking out all of our electrical grids or whether it was uh, a way to disseminate Uh, poison into our atmosphere or whether it was a way to change weather patterns uh, that could impact um, farmland and they will call it climate change. This is what happens with climate change. No, this is what happens when you export your genocide to China with a with a stupid balloon. What kind of what kind of you know, what kind of evil is this? This is the part that that just drives me nuts. Is anybody skeptical of the lying government that we have in charge right now? Donald Trump. Uh, here's one. This is our. This is the arbiter. This guy is the arbiter of what's supposed to go on Twitter. He's the one. He thought that. Uh, he thought, and he used CNN as a guide. CNN, which is fake news, he uses CNN as a guide. His name is. Yoel Roth, and he's the one that said that uh, mail-in balloting, you look mail-in, no fraud, no fraud, really? Why don't you take a look all over the country? There's cases all over the country. If we went to mail-in balloting, our election all over the world would look as a total joke. It would be a total joke. There's such fraud and abuse, and you know about harvesting, where they harvest the ballots and they go and grab them and they go to people's houses and they say sign here no doesn't work out now an absentee ballot you can't be there or you're sick and you go and you register and you do all sorts of things to get that ballot and there's good security measures but where they send out like in california millions and millions of ballots to anybody that's breathing anybody in california that's breathing gets a ballot but mr president that's not true so here here excuse me wait a minute i'm not finished so here's your uh, here's your man and that's on Twitter. Why, why are we not seeing court case after court case after court case banning the distribution of ballots using the U.S.? The, 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 I mean, I got to tell you, I've had P.O. boxes in Philadelphia and I've had P.O. boxes here in Virginia, in Arlington, Virginia. And I got to tell you, they suck. 
The uh, the U.S. Postal Service sucks. They're the worst. And I can't. I had to close my P.O. box down because these morons down there could not deliver the mail. They just couldn't. And it was an unbelievable situation that nothing was happening. And I got to tell you, I felt discriminated against uh, because it seemed like a sort of like a racial thing because we had the Scott Adams show mail, Red State Talk Radio mail, and there was a lot of token liberals uh, that were working the desk there. And I guarantee you they were sabotaging us. Um, so we had, a, we had to close our mailbox. And, and this kind of censorship across the way. I just saw a story where these people that said um, they were pro-life, they had cat hats at the um, Aerospace Museum. And they had a pro-life uh, baseball cap. And they were told they had to go. They couldn't stay. They couldn't go. You can't even wear, because, and why is it? Why is it that Republicans can't speak at universities? It's this intolerant left, this Gestapo-like left wing. And they're the ones committing all the crimes. I got to tell you, Representative Clay Higgins let them have it yesterday, and I loved it. Let's take a listen. Bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew- you hear that? Biden crime family he calls it exactly what it is. The Biden crime family. The FBI had this doggone uh, laptop for over a year. We're going to play it again. Don't worry. But they had it for over a year. And they censored it. And they're the ones now saying they didn't do anything wrong. Well, I can't wait till the whistleblowers come forth and blow the lid off of what the FBI has been doing. Bottom line is that the FBI had the Biden crime family laptop for a year. They knew it was leaking. They knew it would hurt the Biden campaign. So the FBI used its relationship with Twitter to suppress criminal evidence being revealed about Joe Biden one month before the 2020 elections. You, ladies and gentlemen, interfered with the United States of America 2020 presidential election. Knowingly and willingly. That's the bad news. It's going to get worse. Because this is the investigation part. Later comes the arrest part. Your attorneys are familiar with that. Mr. Chairman, I'd like to spend five hours with these ladies and gentlemen doing depositions surely yet to come. But for right now, I'll yield the balance of my time to my colleague, Mr. Bottom line. Mr. Jordan. And we got a clip from, uh, this was good too. This was uh, Congress, Congresswoman Luna. And uh, let's take a listen to this. This, was, this got into the details of the operation from Twitter. Oi, we're exchanging communications on Jira, a private cloud server. With- That's called Jira. Jira. And it was a private cloud server from the F- that was working with the FBI and Twitter and other social media, not just Twitter, Facebook too. We're exchanging communications on Jira, a private cloud server, with CISA, NASS, NASED, and Alex Stamos, who now works at Stanford and is a former security of um, 
security officer at Facebook to remove a posting. Do you now remember communicating on a private cloud server to remove a posting? Yes or no? I wouldn't agree with the characterization. I don't care if you agree. This, Do you, this, is, this is your stuff. Yes or no, did you communicate with a private entity, the government agency, on a private cloud server, yes or no? The question was if I could. Yes or no. Yeah, I'm on time. Yes or no. Ma'am, I don't believe I can give you a yes or no. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that you did, and we have proof of it. This, ladies and gentlemen, is joint action between the federal government and a private company to censor and violate the First Amendment. This is also known, and I'm so glad that there's many attorneys on this panel, joint state actors. It's highly illegal. You are all engaged in this action, and I want you to know that you will be all held accountable. Ms. Gaddy, are you still on CISA's Cybersecurity Advisory Council? Yes or no? Yes, I am. Okay. For those who have said that this is a pointless hearing, and I just want to let you guys all know, we found that Twitter was indeed communicating with the federal government to censor Americans. I'd like to remind you that this was all in place before January 6th. So to say that these mechanisms weren't in place and to make it about January 6th, I want to let you know that you guys were actually in control of all of the content, and clearly we have proof of that. Now, if you don't think that this is important to your constituents and the American people from those saying that this was a pointless hearing, I suggest you find other jobs. Chairman, I yield my time. Employee works. That, to me, was one of the most powerful exchanges right there. Um, but there, there, there were so many. Um, and let's take a listen to uh, James Comer, who's the committee chair. Gentleman yields back. I'll recognize myself now for questioning. The Biden family investigation begins with the story of how big tech, the media, former intelligence agents... And the Bidens themselves suppressed the story of Hunter Biden's laptop weeks before the 2020 election. Today, we're hearing from Twitter executives who buried the New York Post laptop story, claiming it violated the platform's hacked materials policy. In reality, the Twitter executives were hostile towards conservatives and biased towards anyone who opposed their points of view. For example, Mr. Roth, did you write this tweet? I regret the language that I used in some of my former tweets, but yes, I did post that. And I'll read the tweet so it's in the record. Yes, that person in the pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism than actual Nazis in the White House. Mr. Roth, do you think all conservatives are Nazis? Certainly not, sir. What about the hundreds of people who worked in the Trump administration? Certainly not. Did Ms. Gaddy or any other lawyer at Twitter ever tell you to take down that tweet? No, Twitter did not have a practice of restricting employees sharing their personal viewpoints on the server. Yeah. So, uh, you know, what's, uh, rules for thee, but not uh, for me. <laughs> you know, that's uh, crazy. Here's a, uh, we're going to uh, start with some of the shorter ones. This is uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, and we have a couple of longer ones that if we have time, we'll play. And you want to know something? Guess what? I'm so glad that you're censored down. I'm so glad you've lost your jobs. Thank God Elon, Elon Musk bought Twitter. And you know what? Let's talk about something a little bit further. It's amazing to me, Mr. Roth, as the head and trust of safety at Twitter, your ability, or should I say inability, to remove child porn. Now, here's something that disgusts me about you. In your doctoral dissertation entitled Gay Data, you argued that minors should have access to Grindr, an adult male gay hookup app. Minors? Really? You know, Elon Musk took over Twitter and he banned 44,000 accounts 
that were promoting child porn. You permanently banned my Twitter account, but you allowed child, child porn all over Twitter. Twitter had become a platform, you said, connecting queer young adults. You also wrote on Twitter in 2010, can high school students ever meaningfully consent to sex with their teachers? In 2021, while you were the director of trust and safety on Twitter, an underage boy and his mother announced a lawsuit against Twitter because, because Twitter was benefiting from and refused to remove a lewd video featuring this boy and another minor. That is repulsive. But you violated me. What, did, what were my tweets? Okay, let's talk about them. I was talking about the deaths being reported on VAERS. By the way, that's on the CDC website. I was also saying that I didn't think the, any entity should enforce a non-FDA-approved non vaccine or mask. Guess what? A lot of people agreed with me. But you called that COVID misinformation. By the way, I'm a member of Congress and you're not. I also said the controversial COVID-19 vaccines should not be forced on our military. You want to know something? Republicans stop that in the NDAA. L ladies, time has expired. Wow, that was powerful. And uh, here we got uh, a couple more clips uh, to, to engage in from yesterday. Here is uh, the one I liked a lot was Representative Nancy Mays from South Carolina. Uh, she gave a really great, great one. Here, let's take a listen. Yeah, is a professor of medicine at Stanford who once tweeted an article he wrote about natural immunity. Thanks to Elon Musk's release of the Twitter files, we learned some of his tweets were tagged with the label of Trends Blacklist. Apparently, the views of a Stanford doctor are disinformation to you people. I, along with many Americans, have long-term effects from COVID. Not only was I a long hauler, but I have effects from the vaccine. It wasn't the first shot, but it was the second shot that I now developed asthma that has never gone away since I had the second shot. Um, I have tremors in my left hand, and I have the occasional heart pain that no doctor can explain, and I've had a battery of tests. I find it extremely alarming Twitter's unfettered censorship spread into medical fields and affected millions of Americans by suppressing expert opinions from doctors and censoring those who disagree with the CDC. I have great regrets about getting the shot because of the health issues that I now have that I don't think are ever going to go away. And I know that I'm not the only American who has those kinds of concerns. Another example of what Twitter has done to censor folks, is uh, from Dr. Martin Koldorf, a Harvard-educated epidemiologist, who once tweeted, COVID vaccines are important for high-risk people and their caretakers. Those with prior natural infection do not need it, nor children. The Twitter files reveal this tweet was deemed false information because it ran contrary to the CDC. So my first question this morning of Ms. Gaddy, may I ask of you, where did you go to medical school? I did not go to medical school. I'm sorry? I did not go to medical school. That's what I thought. Why do you think you or anyone else at Twitter had the medical expertise to censor a doctor's expert opinion? Our policies regarding COVID were designed to protect individuals. We were seeing... You guys censored Harvard-educated doctors, Stanford-educated doctors, doctors that are educated in the best places in the world, and you silenced those voices. My next question is, did the U.S. government 
Oh, excuse me. I have another chart I want to show you, Ms. Gaddy. Um, I have another tweet by someone with a following of a full 18,000 followers. This person put a chart from the CDC on Twitter. It's the CDC's own data, so it's accurate by your standards. And you all labeled this as misleading. You're not a doctor, right, Ms. Gaddy? No, I'm not. Okay. What makes you think you or anyone else of Twitter have the medical expertise to censor actual, accurate CDC data? I'm not familiar with these particular situations. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. But this is what Twitter did. They labeled this as inaccurate. It is the government's own data. It's ridiculous that we're even having to have this conversation today. It's not just about the laptop. This is about medical advice that expert doctors were trying to give Americans because social media companies like Twitter were silencing their voices. I have another question, my last one for you, Ms. Uh, Ms. Gaddy. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to pressure Twitter to moderate or censor certain tweets? Yes or no? We have a program. Did the U.S. government ever contact you or anyone at Twitter to censor or moderate certain tweets? Yes or no? We receive legal demands to remove content from the platform from the U.S. government and governments all around the world. Those are published on a third-party website, and anyone can read Thank them. God for Matt Taibbi. Thank God for Elon Musk for allowing to show us in the world that Twitter was basically a subsidiary of the FBI, censoring real medical voices with real expertise that put real Americans' lives in danger because they didn't have that information. I also want to thank one of my colleagues, uh, Rokana, because as it turns out, censorship isn't just an important issue to conservatives. Some of my colleagues on the other side of the aisle, like Roe, uh, found this censorship very concerning um, and even wrote to you and to folks at Twitter um, that uh, he was concerned about the First Amendment being censored. So I want to thank him for speaking up and speaking out about this issue um, because this is not this should not be a, a partisan issue. This should be an issue that's an American issue. Mr. Chairman, I would like to enter into uh, the record. I ask unanimous consent to enter into the record a Wall Street Journal article from December 9th, 2022 by Justin Hart entitled The Twitter Back Blacklisting of Jay Bhattacharya. And to the record, please, Mr. Chairman. Without objection to order. And, uh, yeah, I thought that she gave a really great uh, presentation. Um, also, uh, I'm going to play uh, a couple of – I'm trying. I'm looking for some shorter ones, actually, because um, I have enough – I have enough here. Oh, okay, we're going to switch. This is, this is pretty good. All right, so when we listen to Ocasio-Cortez, we, we, I hear a child in this voice. And uh, and then I'm going to play a, a balance clip uh, because she's lying here. And then I hear this uh, doctor from Boston Hospital, Children's Hospital, speaking as if she's a child. But let's take a listen. Miss Navaroli, are you familiar with the account Libs of TikTok? I have heard of it from the news, yes. Um, Mr. Roth, are you familiar with this account? Yes, ma'am, I am. Are you aware from, that from August 11th to August 16th, that account posted false information about Boston Children's Hospital, claiming that they were providing hysterectomies to children? Ms. Navaroli, are you familiar with the account? Okay, so she's saying that that's a lie, right? Um, but here we go. 
Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very... This is the Boston Children's Hospital is now offering gender-affirming hysterectomies for children, for young girls. Gender-affirming hysterectomy is very similar to most hysterectomies that occur. A hysterectomy itself is the removal of the uterus, the cervix, which is the opening of the uterus, and the fallopian tubes, which are attached to the sides of the uterus. Some gender-affirming hysterectomies will also include the removal of the ovaries, but that's technically a separate procedure called a bilateral oophorectomy. And not every gender-affirming hysterectomy includes that, and people who are getting gender-affirming hysterectomies do not have to have their ovaries removed. So... Gender-affirming hysterectomy... So the story about Boston Children's Hospital was also, uh, you know, basically a, a lie coming out. Uh, I mean, it, it happened, right? Uh, so Ocasio-Cortez was lying. And you got to wonder where, where the motives are for that. Um, speaking of other lies, getting back to the State of the Union, Biden says... We are going to need oil at least for another decade. And all the Republicans started laughing. Let's take a listen to this clip. I wanted to play this yesterday, but uh, the production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway. So why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed. <laughs> and beyond that, we're going to need it production. If they had, in fact, invested in the production to keep gas prices down, instead, they used the record profits to buy back their own stock. Well, you know, the, uh, they're not going to invest if, if they're going to be under attack and under siege by these climate czars, that, these climate tyrants that are, that, are, that are going to be killing people in the name of profiteering off of these exclusive uh, membership deals at the World Economic Forum and elsewhere. So this whole electric vehicle thing, for example, and everything else in between. But that's going to go down right there. That's going to go down as one of the biggest jokes. Uh, That's going to be one of the bloopers that's going to be everlasting because that is how out of touch Joe Biden is with reality. Uh, because oil is going to be around for a lot longer than 10 years, folks. And this electrical electric uh, thing that's going on right now is going to be short-lived. It will evolve and improve, but it's not going to be, it's not going to dominate. And it will never dominate because it can't dominate. We don't have enough capacity or, or uh, the ability to mine to achieve that. In any case, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapac.org. Make a donation if you can to help us advance America First policies to make America great again. And again, we're no connection with WinRed, by the way. And uh, use Red State uh, Red uh, Red State over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio.